Today's Locked On Hornets is brought to you by SeatGeek. Download the mobile app for the easiest way to buy tickets and use the promo code LOHORNETS, that's LOHORNETS, to get a $20 rebate on your first purchase. All right, on to the Hornets talk. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome in, Hornets fans. This is Locked On Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man who is secretly subverting the relationship between John Wall and Bradley Beal, David Walker. What's up, buddy? What's up? Well, thank you for that, by the way. This story between John, the Wizards' John Wall and Bradley Beal is pretty crazy. Um, it's, has there always felt like some something weird was going on there, or it was just looking at it from afar? Or I mean, what, how do you? Take I, ne- that? I never I got know, the idea, or, or I never felt, and I'm not close to the wizard, so I, but I never felt sure. weirdness, but I never felt love either. And, and so I was reading on the Ringer NBA Insider Kevin O'Connor writes, "Quote: Wall likes to party, but Bill doesn't get out much. Bill spends tons of hours in the gym, but Wall does not. David, there's just." They're just different people. John Wall's a Taurus. Beal's a Capricorn. Wall likes 2K. Beal likes NBA Live. Wall squeezes his toothpaste from the middle. And Beal is a scroll from the top kind of guy. I mean, it's just cats and dogs over there in Washington. That's crazy. I mean, that team is really, you know, since the end of the beginning of last year, right? Um, Whitman was on the hot seat. And then, you know, they had high expectations and it just hadn't worked out. I mean, a young core a few years ago that was pretty promising. So you just you never know, Doug. You never know how things are going to play out. That's right. Well, I think it's sort of a blessing and a curse that the Hornets don't have any of that animosity. It certainly helps them on the court with their chemistry. But for our part, you know, it's certainly it's certainly interesting to talk about something like what's going on with Wall and Beal. But we've got plenty of interesting stuff to talk about on this episode. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Starting in October, we are going to be delivering the best Hornets news and analysis every single weekday morning, so stay tuned for that. We're returning to live programming Tuesdays and Thursdays beginning this fall on YouTube and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live for more updates about when, when and where that will be happening. And if you have a question, if you have a comment, or you're interested in advertising with us, becoming a sponsor of this show, email us at buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Okay, David, it's the end of another week. It's Friday, and and we're one week closer to the start of the NBA season. So in honor of it being Friday, let's recap some news and notes around the Hornets' sphere. We call it the Full Court Press. Presenting important news. Stop what you're doing and listen. First up, the Hornets D-League affiliate, the Greensboro Swarm, has announced their inaugural season schedule. The Swarm will begin the season in their newly renovated home in the Greensboro Coliseum Complex Fieldhouse on Saturday, November 12th against the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. They will play 50 games in total, 24 at home, 24 away, and two games at the D-League's annual showcase in January. The Swarm will play in the Atlantic Division of the D-League's Eastern Conference, along with the Delaware 87ers, the Erie Bayhawks, Long Island Nets, Maine Red Claws, and Westchester 
Knicks. They also completed their expansion draft, acquiring the rights to former Tennessee star Scotty Hobson, NC State's Ralston Turner, and point guard Torrey Murray, who locked on Lakers host and ridiculous upside writer Harrison Fagan says could be the Swarm's most notable name. Right now, Murray has been signed to a camp deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves, but if Murray does not sign David, the Swarm will add another talented guard to their roster. Are you getting excited for Greensboro Swarm basketball? No doubt. Did I see Damian Wilkins' name on there as well? Yes, Damian. That's a familiar name to Hornets aficionados. Right. Uh, He was in camp, right? He didn't make the roster. Am I remembering that correctly? No, I think he signed. You know, I think he signed uh, maybe a, a couple of ten days. Okay, okay. I couldn't remember how long. Um, I, I knew it was relatively short lived, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's uh, yeah. He's he's back in the fold. Uh, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. How this is going to work. Um, well, there are so, several. Uh, there's yeah, several guys that are uh, along with Torrey Murray. I think there are four or five guys that are signed. Uh, camp deals with other teams so the Hornets have the rights to those players if they become available but they might not be available so we'll have to wait and see how everything shakes out and what the Greensboro Swarm roster actually is and and the Hornets have a few players that are that will attend their camp so those players might filter back down into Greensboro as well a lot of stuff to play out though it's cool to have that I mean we've been talking about it for several years this is definitely a step in the right direction for the Hornets I'm sure eventually every team will have one of these affiliates. Let me ask you this though, Doug. As far as the name, you, you, you read off, you know, some of the names in this in the divisions. I gotta say, where do you think the Swarm ranks? I like the Swarm name, but it's tough to beat 87ers. Oh, in terms of the name, no, I think I think Swarm's number one. I mean, definitely better than Red Claws. If you're gonna copy, you know, Knicks, I, I don't I don't really like that. It's 87ers yeah. is clever. But I like yeah. the strength and the the brand uh, the brand what do you call it synergy continuity yeah I, I just yeah. like yeah. I like all of that there all right next item on the agenda the Charlotte City Council has extended their All Star Weekend commitment to 2019 the NBA has previously stated that if circumstances around House Bill two changes the city would be first in line to receive that 2019 All Star nod it's largely symbolic David but still important. Yeah, I mean, let's just hope this happens <laughs> at this point. I mean, I don't know about you, Doug. How beaten down do you feel over this thing? It's just been such a roller coaster and then such a disappointing letdown when it left. So I just, at this point, honestly, I just hope we can get back here in 2019 and that happens. Well, it feels like a long way away, though. Well, listen, elections are coming up. Things change. This is That's rolling right. through the courts as well. So if circumstances, it looks like. You know, circumstances could change. The possibility is there. So 2019 standing as a beacon of hope yeah. for Hornets fans yep. who'd like to see All-Star Weekend come back to Charlotte. Final note, Hornets center Cody Zeller will join Bismack Biombo, Eric Bledsoe, Luke Imbamute, and Thabo Sevalosha for the Basketball Without Borders Africa Camp in Angola. The camp will take place August 31st through September 3rd and will feature the top 87 boys and girls from 27 African countries. A little trivia for you here, David. The first Basketball Borders Camp, Basketball Without Borders Camp, was held in 2001 in what continent? I don't know, Doug. Boo is actually the incorrect answer. It's Europe. (laughs) It was started by former Hornets big man Vladi Divac and fellow European Tony Kukoc. So there is a Hornets connection there, but good for Cody Zeller 
getting out there uh, and uh, helping a good cause and spreading that Hornets brand internationally. Okay, we've got a, a couple of great topics up ahead, but David, I have to take a second to tell you and tell the listeners about a great offer from our friends at SeatGeek. They make buying and selling tickets online easy by searching multiple ticket sites to make sure that you are getting the best price for the best ticket. And here's how easy it is. I I live about five minutes away from Bank of America Stadium where the Panthers play. And on my way there, I just pull out the SeatGeek app. I buy the best deal I can find on Panthers tickets and boom, by the time I'm there, I have my tickets on my app and I'm good to go. And here's the thing, our hardcore Hornets fans, they get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. To get your $20 rebate on your tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code, enter promo code LOHORNETS, that's LOHORNETS, SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Boom, easy, done. Download the SeatGeek app right now and enter promo code LOHORNETS. Good deal. Good deal for fans there, David. Good deal. By far the best way to get those tickets, too. I love just having it on my phone uh, and not having to mess with anything else. It's, it's so easy. All right. Well, let's talk about Jeremy Lamb. He's a guy that we haven't talked yeah. a ton about this offseason. We talked about Frank Kaminsky last episode, so we're really hitting those reserves hard. Let's talk about Jeremy Lamb. We get asked about him a lot, David. How many minutes will he play this season? What happened to him late last season? Why didn't head coach Steve Clifford turn to him during the Hornets playoff run? Well, Jeremy Lamb spoke to Hornets.com this week and was surprisingly open about why he faded deep into the rotation after beginning the season blazing hot. I hadn't really played, I had never played a full season in the NBA, and I didn't realize how, um, you know, sleeping, um, you know, really helps your game. I didn't realize how what you eat, you know, how, how much you work out, um, how much rest you're getting. I didn't realize how much it, that uh, affected your game in the long run. So early in the year, I was playing good, um, had a lot of energy. And um, over the year, I just, my mindset, I wasn't able to um, bring it every night. So Jeremy Lamb there speaking on uh, Hornets.com, the full interview there on the website. But interesting admissions there from Jeremy Lamb about what went wrong in the second half of that season that resulted in him uh, being benched and staying on the bench. Yeah, Lamb, you're right, as a guy that I think everyone is looking to this season. It'll be interesting to see because, you know, he got off to such a hot, hot start and they gave him that extension. And then, like you said, and like he uh, hinted at there, I mean, it just kind of disappeared and fell out of the rotation. And, and that was a big eyebrow raiser for a lot of fans who liked what they saw. But, you know, uh, something else to think about on that, Doug, is it was his first full season, right? And he, he mentioned this as well. His first real season of, like, being part of a NBA rotation. And that's, you know, that's a big adjustment. Um, so I think there was some growing pains in there for for sure. And so with a lot more responsibility, there's obviously going to be a lot more ass of him. And Clifford is a demanding coach. So I think uh, this is a big season for him. I think he's making the right strides in staying in town, you know, working with the coaching staff. Uh, showing up is a big part of it, right? I mean, anytime you're doing anything. So he's doing the right things. He's got the ability and, and the, you know, you know, the athletic ability and I think the skills to be a, a good wing player for him. Um, are you looking for him to step up? Because, I mean, 
I think I don't know if it's it's fair to hinge a lot of the season on him, but certainly if he has a good year, that's going to go a long way to help the Hornets maybe top that win mark from last year. What do you think? Well, he needs to step up. He needs to, or or step out. I mean, he's. He, I think his his contract is one that can be easily traded now, and I think he's oh, yeah. going to have to show early. He's going to have to recreate some of that magic that that he had that athleticism that allowed him to get to the rim at well at will early in the season last year. He's going to have to do that again, but then maintain that consistency. You know, he's been in the league for four years. Okay, I'm, I don't really. I know it's his first. It was his first full season yeah. last season, but he's been around NBA trainers. He's been around sure. other NBA veterans. I, I'm sure that someone at some point had advised him. I would hope so. I mean, I know it's a competitive league, and and guys aren't, aren't looking to always help you out because you represent a roster spot. But I mean, I'm sure somewhere along the way he got advice, and and it's nice now. It seems like he's taking it that he he recognizes it, and I think his big buzzword, if you listen to that whole interview, is mindset. So he was given a big opportunity and a contract extension last year, and I think by the end of the year he realized, oh man, I really I blew an opportunity to really come out and force that entire season. But now I have this extension. I have an opportunity to show what I can do across 82 games and in the playoffs. And if I don't, you know, that's a demanding coach, like you said, and and Clifford, and he's not going to play you uh, just to play you. I mean, you have to earn it. And it, it shines a light on something that was really mysterious to us, David, why Jeremy Lamb was making those mental mistakes. Why was he, why did he look a little lethargic? in the middle of the year and now you know he reveals that his regiment it wasn't up to par and and I think we take that for granted David I think we take for granted how difficult it is to maintain your body across mm-hmm. that 82 game slog it's it's not easy for anyone and it's it's not even easy for the top athletes in the league yeah it's weird you mentioned you know, he's been in the league now for four years and in Oklahoma City, right? So, I mean, he saw a couple of pros, at least, up close there um, and how they commit themselves to the game. And this, you know, reminds me of our talk with Frank about Frank Kaminsky last week or, or earlier this week um, and talking about Marvin and what a pro he was. So, there are guys like that on this roster. Maybe that's made something click for him. Um, but you certainly feel like this is, getting close to if not you know his last shot to really prove himself um in the league because there's guys that are coming up that are going to be hungry and that are going to do things the right way especially these days it is interesting to hear um someone say that right because all the stuff you hear now is how 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 good guys take care of their bodies um you know the, the dedication they put in from a nutrition standpoint and sleep and all this other stuff so it's interesting to hear someone say, well, I really wasn't doing it the right way. Uh, I mean, on the good side, he, he recognizes it, but you know, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta be a pro. You gotta be dedicated on all fronts, not just during the game time. So we'll see if that makes a difference. It, it will make a difference if he sticks to it. So let's hope it does for his sake in the Hornets. Yeah, for sure. And, and what's good is that the talent is there. The shooting is yeah. there. The ability to get to the rim is there. He just he posted something on Instagram showing his hops. And, I mean, the guy has unquestioned uh, talent and ability, and, and he's a physical specimen. He's got those long arms. And I think defensively, if he commits to it 
and, and he has the energy and the right, you know, and his body's right and his mind is right, he can be a force for those reserves. And we've talked about the question marks surrounding the Hornets bench for weeks now, mm-hmm. and and he's one of them. But if he can solidify his place in that rotation and, and he can recreate what he did early last season, then a lot of those question marks start to not be such a big deal. So I think it's important for Jeremy Lamb, and I think it's important for the Hornets as well because they did commit money to him, and, and, and trades aren't guaranteed. You're not always guaranteed an opportunity to unload what may have been a mistake. Or, or even if you do get that opportunity, most of the time – as a team, you have to make sacrifices. So I think it's better for the Hornets if Jeremy Lamb works out. And and it would go a long way, I think, in in showing the Hornets' ability to turn a player around and develop a player as opposed to always having to go out and find the, the exact right guy for the situation. So go watch the, yeah, the go go watch the entire interview though. It's really fascinating. Yeah, it'd be a nice find. Don't you feel like his path to uh, con- contributing is a little clearer this year. I mean, there's not as many. You know, Lynn's gone. There's no PJ. Oh yeah. So, I mean, shoot. In, in know, my so. mind, a shooting guard is is up for grabs behind Batum because Bellinelli did not have a stellar year uh, for Sacramento. So and 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 he didn't have. I mean, the truth of the matter that's tough to talk about is that it's that it was it was an anomaly year for Bellinelli, but it, it could also represent a trend if you look at the last half of his tenure in, in San Antonio. So I think shooting guards up for grabs and also he's you know, he's big enough to play small forward in space. Yes. And and the yes. small forward position is a little weak for the Hornets right now. Well that's what I was saying. I mean, you would like to be able to use him in a couple of different spots. Um, I don't know how feasible that is, but that would be ideal, I think, right? If you could throw him in at two or three um, when, whenever he was needed there, that would that would really be a big boost. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's a big, big question mark, I think, because no one really knows. You've seen flashes, of course, but we always talk about those, and you just you got to see the consistency. So um, he's saying all the right things now, though, Doug. I mean, it's 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 good to see, but you got to see it play on the court. All right, well, we're projecting hopefully big things for Jeremy Lamb this season for the Hornets, and ESPN is also uh, projecting things for the Charlotte Hornets and the entire league. Kevin Pelton, very uh, uh, SBG, a smart basketball guy. That's my that's my abbreviation, copyright 2016. <laughs> I've talked live, Doug Branson. SBG, Kevin Pelton, uh, doing his ESPN projections, and these projections uh, – win totals for every team in the NBA. They're based on a lot of math, a lot of complicated math. It's based on real plus minus, which is an ESPN stat, and then the shown projections, which um, deal a lot with how teams will regress towards the mean. You know, So it likes to take teams that did really well and sort of bring them back to the middle. And It's been a decent projector over the past couple of seasons of teams that may break out or, or teams that may fall back to the pack. And for the Hornets, they rank uh, sixth in the Eastern Conference with a projected win total of 41. The uh, summer forecast, if you remember, David projected, this is also done by ESPN, projected the Hornets to win 43 games. That compares last season, of course, they won 48. So both of these is, <laughs> these ESPN project- projections are trending down. I don't like this. Uh, and in the comments, uh, Pelton says, 
Though the return of Michael Kidd Gilchrist plus 2.0 in RPM should be a boost, it doesn't like the Hornets' new backup backcourt of Ramon Sessions, who's a minus 2.4, and Marco Bellinelli, as we said, outlier bad year in Sacramento last season, was a minus 3.7 in real plus minus. This also adjusts for players aging as well. So a lot of complicated math. The six in the Eastern Conference, they they still project the Hornets to be a playoff team. What do you think about about these projections? Anything in there about you know if the starters play well, then the, they have a good chance of winning. <laughs> yeah, that was in the that was in the ESPN summer forecast, which is absurd if you think about it. Or no, that was in the C- I'm sorry, that was in the 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 CBS sports yeah. rankings of and we kid start- we kid yeah. we kid. Mm-hmm. We could. Um, you know what's interesting bit. though? Um, some of the offseason grades for the Hornets have been, have been, so they've gotten ranked the highest, at least out of their division. So, um, it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, that the offseason was generally looked at as being pretty good. But when you look at it play out to next season projections, I guess when they take everything into account, some of the changes the other teams made. Um, they project them falling down a little bit. I mean, I don't know. This is run of the mill. I mean, the Hornets are never going to be selected to to really jump out. I don't think until they do it con- until they have a couple years like they did last year, right? Make the playoffs. So I mean, this is kind of par for the course. I think in my mind. I, I, I again, I just I go back and look at what they expect from the other teams. They got to find the wins from somewhere. They think some of these other teams are going to jump up, so that means the Hornets are going to lose a couple wins. Yeah, you mentioned some of the teams that will jump up in, in the Eastern Conference. They like your bad boys. They like the Detroit Pistons. Forty-seven point five projected wins for the Pistons. That compares to forty-five in the summer forecast. So they they really like the uh, that puts them fourth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, just real quick, uh, the Eastern Conference, according to these projections, would be Cleveland, Boston, Toronto, Detroit. Washington. So they actually have Washington slightly above the Hornets at 41.4. And then the Hornets in sixth, Milwaukee in seventh, and Indiana rounds it out in eighth. But that's so they had kind of have that group group jumbled together down at the bottom, right? I mean, that's kind of feels like how it's going to play out. And that's probably about right. I mean, to be honest, do you, in your heart of hearts, in the East, would you be disappointed in that, or no. would you think that's about? Yeah, I mean, no. that's, well, here's, here's the issue with the projections, and the reason the projections missed on the Hornets last season could be the same reason these projections underestimate the Hornets this season is that the Hornets they take chances on guys who have had down years, and mm-hmm. they did it again with Bellinelli and and Hibbert, and. You see, I mean, they mentioned Marco Bellinelli being minus three point seven in RPM, and that's a lot. A lot of that is based on his season last season. So if you take chances on guys on down years, then the numbers are not going to necessarily be in your favor when it comes to these projections. But if you truly believe that they can turn it around, and they do, like what happened last season with Batum, Lynn, and and several others, then you beat the projections. Yeah, I get it. I get the hesitancy to count on that again. I would say if you're reading these, if you're reading these and going, wait a minute, the Hornets are 500 after almost winning 50 games last season. Well, again, Mm -hmm. I I think you have to look at the context of what the Hornets do and how what their strategy is with with team building and go, oh, okay, they're they're taking a couple of risky bets, so 
the 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 market is going to look at them as a risky bet and and pull those sure. projections back. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Makes looking back on it, it's funny last sense. year. Maybe maybe too much. Uh, looking back on it though, last year, I mean, the predictions were so so low. Uh, it's laughable now. It's funny to see that, but. Yeah, like I said, I mean, we're kind of used to this. I think seeing this from the for the for the Hornets projection wise, and it'll probably be like this. You're right. I mean, they have. It seems like they have so many unknowns every year when they take these risks, um, and they have guys like Lamb too, right? And um, so, you know, like I said, though, I'll be happy. I would be happy with the six seed making the playoffs. That's where they, you know, making the playoffs consistently, right? That's what they need to do. So as long as they do that, and they're moving in the right direction. Well, make the playoffs consistently, and then win a first round playoff series. That would be. Mm. Mm. That would be that would be cool. Really good. I'm just looking. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the rest of these projections. So obviously, Western Conference they have Golden State, San Antonio, Utah Jazz in Dude, third. Okay. I, All right. So Utah and Detroit are those the two that everyone that's everyone's in love with them, right? Yeah, you got a band. That's the bandwagon. But the numbers back it up. And um, let's see what I believe it says it here in the article. It it correctly predicted. It correctly forecasted that the Portland Trailblazers last season would be more competitive than expected and that the Boston Celtics would maintain their second-half success from the year before. So, you know, it's it's pretty accurate in terms of a predictive tool, um, but it's definitely it's higher on Utah than, than even some of the more uh, liberal estimates on what they would do. Uh, has been 47 wins for the Utah Jazz. Should be an exciting team, though. A lot of, a lot of young talent there. Wow. Third in the West, did you say? Yeah. Clippers uh, fourth, Houston fifth. And, well, and let's say this, you know, some of these Western Conference teams have taken a step back. Like the environment is there. Houston will, will could look to take a step back. Oklahoma, obviously. Oklahoma City, obviously losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Durant, Portland. Uh, Portland goes down now to seventh. So that, that it could be interesting. That it could Can they maintain that success that they had last season? Should be very interesting to watch. All right. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets. That'll do it for us. We're presented by Hive Talk Live and, of course, at thehive.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, if you don't mind, give us a five star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. And we want to hear from you. We want to do a mailbag show really bad. So email us your Hornets thoughts, your questions, your comments to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. And thanks again to our sponsor for this episode, SeatGeek. Make sure to download the mobile app, enter that promo code LOHORNETS, and get a $20 rebate on your first purchase. Hive Talk Live is a presentation of SB Nations at thehive.com. We're back again next Tuesday. David, I've got a super secret. I haven't even told you about it. I've got a super secret segment. Mm. And and it's, a, it's all about nostalgia. It's all about the original Charlotte Hornets and oh. and the internet. Uh, that's all I'll say for now, but it's Whoa. going to it's going to be a fun trip down memory lane. So stay tuned for that on Tuesday for David. I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. 
Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.